Ladies and gentlemen, it's a big, weird, wild world out there, folks, and here we stand. Al Pie del Cañon, ready for anything. I'm Rob, that's the Natch, and you're listening to... The Bravo Show! <laughs> Woo-hoo, lordy. It's Monday, guys. Time to, um, uh, time to get back to work and get back to our regular grind. It is Monday morning, and I... I'm absolutely delighted to see you. How are you doing out there, folks? Remember, if you want to participate live in today's show, you can do so at twitch.tv barra forward slash professional bohemian. That's bohemio profesional, pero en inglés. If you want to interact with the polls outside of the regular show showtime, you can do that on my Instagram, Instagram at professional bohemian or if you want extra content and more um, information with regards to the news stories we tell on the show you can do that on my patreon patreon.com forward slash professional bohemian could not be easier how are you doing natch very well thank you good morning sir good morning how was your weekend Mm, nice Mm, yes very relaxed beers on sunday beers on on saturday on on saturday Saturday, yes and very very good hungover on sunday no, no, not that much. Ah, okay, <laughs> not that okay. many beers. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I hear we're going for beers at lunch, I think, ah, drinking. <laughs> drinking till midnight. <laughs> but Natch is an adult. He's a grown-ass man. Mine's super relaxed, man. Um, I escaped having um, to- another tooth pulled out in the gym, in the dentist. Um, uh, apparently my, um, yeah, well, my, my tooth pain, well, my mouth pain, because... As I told you on the last show, the, the dentist uh, tore a ligament a little bit in my face with a needle. That's going down. Oh, guy, it's going to be a good week. I can feel it. I can feel it. We've got a lovely message, Nacho and I, on um, on Instagram by a gentleman by the name of... Um, oh, God, I can't remember now. <laughs> um, Jose Luis, maybe. Oh, hang on, wait, let me find it. Jose Luis. Anyway, he said, um, much love to Natch. And this is um, and this is his new favorite program on the radio. Thank you, Jose Luis. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. This is his new favorite program. He said it took him a while to be able to understand, um, but over over the years he's gone understanding more. And he laughs a lot, and I'm glad you laugh a lot, Jose Luis. And it's interesting you should say that you find it hard to understand. You know, there are two gentlemen who have um, <laughs> who Natch and I know very well, who actually come to this radio station. And have classes with one of the best teachers <laughs> in uh, in Madrid, and they can't understand me. So chapeau to you, sir. And what's worse about these two gentlemen is I speak. I'm speaking native English, <laughs> and they think the problems with me. <laughs> if you've been taking classes with the best English teacher in Spain for the last three or four years, <laughs> then I think you've got bigger problems than. Uh, than someone's accent, my friend. <laughs> um, let's see what we've got coming up on the show today. Okay, let's see. Um, in 100 Humans, we ask them to name a country. Name a country that's known for its beer. Nombra un país que está conocido por su cerveza, or something like that. More or less. <laughs> oh, more or less. It's, that wasn't the translation, Elf. I forgot to do that one. <laughs> Let's see. Um, Nombra un país conocido por su cerveza? Better. Okay, okay. Thank you, Nat. Nivelazo. <laughs> I don't deserve it. It was the Elf. <laughs> but thank you. Um, in today's Complete the News, we'll find out um, what uh, Britain has seen an alarming rise. Un uh, aumento alarmante. Mm, yeah, um, an alarming rise in the sales of something. We'll find out what that something is. An alarming rise. And in today's unpopular opinion, oof, a dense one today. Another dense one. We're tackling some um, serious subjects this year, Natch. Um, nos toca unos más flojitos graciosillos. This one's a tough one. Concerns about cultural appropriation are misguided. Las preocupaciones sobre la apropiación cultural están desencaminadas. Mmm, desencaminadas, is that sound, is that right? Woo! Misguided, desencaminadas. Nivelazo. Nivelazo, man. We're all learning together. 
<laughs> um, remember to turn the stream off when you finish, Rob says Vera. I know, I've got this terrible habit of leaving it on. My bad, my bad, guys. <laughs> let's kick this week off, says Pedro. Nice. Yeah, let's do it, friends. Um, S. Con Conocido. Can we get a Nivelazo for Vero? I feel like she deserves one. What? Can Nivelazo? Uh, Rob, you should do, um, one day you should do an authentic and thick Bradford accent just for fun. <laughs> That's the thing. These guys, like I overheard one of them saying in the studio, uh, maybe Fitz should teach him English. <laughs> I'm like, Fitz has been teaching you for the last five years and you can't understand anything. <laughs> what do you think he's going to do for me? I, I hope they're listening today. Do you think, Natch? They'll <laughs> come in feeling ashamed. I hope so. <laughs> I've been listening to the both of them. Well, one of them in particular complain <laughs> for so long. I'm just getting sick of it. Uh, let's see. Um, so, yeah. and today, So, today's unpopular opinion. An interesting one. An interesting one. But I'll tell you what, friends. I'm here. You're here. Let's see what's going on in the world, shall we? Hmm. All right. Uh, let's start with, uh, yeah, let's start with some AI news, interesting news for, for the world of literature uh, today. A novelist wins an award, not just any award, a very prestigious, um, I believe a Japanese uh, literary award, the Akutagawa Prize. So um, a novelist wins an award and then reveals after that she used chat GPT. Interesting. Una novelista gana un premio y luego revela que usó chat GPT. Rie Kudan, a Japanese novelist, recently won the prestigious, Ooh, let's see if we're going to get this, Akutagawa Prize. <laughs> I'm trying to, I, look, I don't mean, <laughs> if that sounded racist, <laughs> oh, my bad, man. <laughs> it just comes out that way. What is it? Akutagawa price for a novel. All right, I'm going to get cancelled. The Tokyo Tower um, of Sympathy is the name of the novel. The Tokyo Tower of Sympathy. After receiving the award, she, she revealed she used generative AI, including ChatGPT, to write about 5% of the book. Ouch. Um, the novel, set in an alternate future where AI is integral to human life, um, explores themes of justice and the impact of language. This revelation has sparked debate in the art world about the use of AI in creative processes, especially as it relates to the authenticity and originality of the art. This incident is not the first time AI-generated work has won awards, raising questions about the implications of AI in the arts and the legal and ethical considerations of using AI-generated content. Wow. I think they're kind of exaggerating a little bit here, Natch. If you if you ask me, only five percent of the novel generate. Well, why not? She says five percent. <laughs> Maybe we should read like ten percent. But still, ten percent is not that much, right? What, what's your take on this as someone who who dabbles in creative writing? I I don't like it. No, you shouldn't use that kind of help. But in the end. Not mm, too much different. There's not too much different from I don't know. Helping from I don't know something you read on exactly. online or something you look for in the another books. Or, That's know. very much the way I see it, my dude. That's very much the way I see it. It's like what is the you know? Okay, like five percent. It's a, for me negligible. There's ninety five percent of the of the work that has been done by her own hands from her own mind. Um. And as someone who's painted quite a lot, like you always get inspiration from other works and you get inspiration. Like I, I put together kind of like a digital collage before I start any any painting. And that and the elements of that digital collage, nine times out of ten, I haven't taken those photographs myself. You know, I found them online or something like that. Then I transform them. It's transformative. Which excuses you from any, from any kind of, um, any kind of, I guess, plagiarism concerns. Um, and isn't that just the way I, AI works? It kind of, it, it takes, or it maybe is trained on data, then transforms it into other written language. I don't know. I just don't see 
the big deal with it. But however, if I was in this competition and, <laughs> and I lost and the woman who used generative AI to win, you know, I would be kind of pissed off, even though it was only 5%. So I guess a little bit of hypocrisy on my own part there. Uh, let's see. You're a bald man. Ha ha ha, says Vero. Yes, I am. It's a true story. Uh, Pedro, Rob has an imp impeccable pronunciation for someone from Fuerteventura. That comment was so <laughs> insensitive and unfair. <laughs> yeah, I learned all my uh, English at Vaughn Radio, folks. <laughs> Listening to shows like this one. All right, let's move on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like there's a little hypocrisy on my part because if I was in the race for this award and later found out that the person who won used generative AI, I would be kind of pissed off. But as uh, as I've got no horse in the race, you know, I really don't care. I don't kind of see it as that big a deal. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Bill Gates in the news. Um, Bill Gates thinks the super wealthy should pay more tax and plenty of rich people agree this piece of news coming from business insider bill gates piensa que los super ricos deberían pagar más impuestos i agree with you bill <laughs> in fact if you guys could pay any taxes that would be lovely <laughs> do you think you can put that together paying some taxes you know the problem with rich people match or this kind of wealthy like the uber wealthy is that they don't earn that much as a salary most of their wealth is, um, is tied up in other assets. When you say someone's net worth is billions, that's because, you know, they own a company with lots of, you know, with lots of assets. So, they, I mean, their salary is negligible. Well, negligible. It's still like, it <laughs> it still give us enough money to retire for life, Natch, but still. So let's uh, dig into this piece of news from Business Insider. Bill Gates, speaking at the World Economic Forum in Davos, has reiterated his stance that the ultra-wealthy should pay more taxes. He believes that those with the most resources, including countries, companies, and individuals, should contribute more generously, especially to developing countries, to address inequality. As about in inequality in, in even Western countries, you know? <laughs> That's about that. <laughs> I mean, not just, I mean, also in developing countries. I'm not a monster. But, you know, there are people in developed Western nations that are going to food banks right now, Bill, just in case you didn't know. <sighs> anyway, um, uh, this view is shared by over 250 wealthy individuals who signed an open letter urging global leaders to implement a wealth tax. The letter argues that not taxing the super rich will not significantly... Oh, uh, no, argues that taxing the super rich will not significantly impact their lifestyle or their children's futures. Notable signatories also include Abigail Disney, Brian Cox, and Valerie Rockefeller. The letter is part of the Proud to Pay More campaign, supported by various organizations and charities, including Oxfam. Um, what do you think? I think that's a good, um, that's a good, seems like a nice thing. I know that people hate Bill Gates now. The conspiracy community thinks he's trying to put chips in people's brains. <laughs> they, he wants he wants to give away that tax money so he can put chips in our brains. <laughs> I don't not I don't mean to make fun of you, but whatever. All right, let's continue. Final piece of news. Final piece of news. Um, a shocking amount of the web is already AI translated trash. Scientists determine. Una cantidad impactante de la web. A shocking amount of the web. Um, ya es basura traducida por inteligencia artificial. Is already AI translated trash. Determinan los científicos. Determine scientists. Hmm. A recent study by researchers at Amazon Web Services and AI Labs reveals that a significant portion of the internet especially in languages spoken in Africa and the Global South, consists of poorly machine-translated content. The study, which analyzed 6.38 billion sentences from the web, found that 57.1% of these sentences were translated into 
at least three languages with often diminishing cons- um, quality. This is particularly true for low-resource languages, which suffer from inadequate training data. Yeah, look, have you ever heard of the, what is it, the dark internet theory or something? The dead internet theory, Natch. Have you ever heard of that? No. Something that came into prominence, I think, in the early 2000s, late 90s. And the theory posited that everything we see online is generated by bots. It's just bots talking to other bots, writing articles to be read by bots and regurgitated by bots. Isn't it scary that 25 years later, we're actually there? Ugh. I mean, maybe this is for the net benefit, right? Like, maybe people will start to turn away from um, consuming all their information online. I don't know. I don't know. I do see it as a bit sad because I'm of that generation that um, uh, that relied on the internet. Well, you know what I mean? I remember the pre-internet days, as probably you do, Natch. I mean, I didn't get my first email until I was 21, 22. But because it was such a new thing at that time i thoroughly dove into the internet to understand you know it's inner workings um so yeah i find this fascinating to see how the internet is evolving so quickly um not for the better thanks to the um uh, the advent of um of these ai large language models and the impact that they're having on on the written word in the internet sports illustrated recently have you heard of sports illustrated yeah right no yes uh, uh, the the American magazine, they were caught using um, using they created fake writers, <laughs> and they were caught um, using AI generated material written by fake people. Crazy, crazy. That's only going to go on more, I think. Anyway, with all that said, friends, let's move on to today's unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinion. Okay, here we have the bridge. How are you doing, bridge? Good morning. All right, let's see. Um, uh, let's see what today's unpopular opinion is—a sticky one today, mm, a complex one. Today's unpopular opinion. Today's brain fat. Today's pedo-cerebral. Today's pedo-mental is concerns about cultural appropriation are misguided. Las preocupaciones sobre la apropiación cultural están desencaminadas misguided hmm. as always friends i ask um, i ask the elves to generate some pro and con answers let's get into those right now in the pro column agreeing saying that yes these concerns are misguided um let's see one perspective is that sharing between cultures is natural and beneficial it can lead to a greater understanding appreciation and respect for different cultures thus fostering multiculturalism and diversity. Arguing that elements of culture, like fashion, music, or food, should only be used by those who originate from that culture can be seen as stifling creativity and freedom of expression. Art and culture have historically been enriched by diverse influences. Hmm... Next point. Some view these inte- the intense focus on cultural appropriation as a form of oversensitivity that prioritizes minor grievances over more substantial issues or racial and cultural in- inequity. It's quite a dense one, that, isn't it? Um, the focus on cultural appropriation is a form. So, like, if, if you become overly offended by cultural appropriation, the argument here is that you're just too sensitive. These are minor grievances. And finally, difficult to define what constitutes cultural appropriation can be, um, can be subjective and hard to define. Critics argue that the line between appreciation and appro- um, appropriation is often blurred, making it impractical um, concept to enforce. So what? Where, that's an interesting point, right? Where is the line between cultural appropriation and just appreciating a different culture? You know, I mean, and there are all sorts of um, examples of this. Like, you travel to India, you get a henna tattoo on your hand. Are you kind of are you guilty of a, a cultural appropriation there? If you're a white person who gets dreadlocks, are you guilty of cultural appropriation? Where's the line? What do you think, Natch? I I, I don't know. I I don't understand. To be sincere, this appropriation cultural, I didn't know. 
the the concept. Ah, no. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, wow, it's a big deal, in, um, in at least in the English-speaking world. That's cultural appropriation. So mm-hmm. the idea is, so when you adopt, or when you kind of... Yeah, when you adopt things that are of a culture that is is not your own, it can be seen as offensive and appropriating that other culture's cultural heritage. Does that make sense? Yes, I don't understand it, but in... So I guess on the vote on the poll you would have said true. It's gui- it misguided to um to you know to worry about such a thing. Yes, I mean if I if I do yoga as a Japanese guy going to be offended. Yeah, you should know. stop that, Natch. You're offending. <laughs> You're offending I, yogis. I let you eat <laughs> Spanish omelette and <laughs> Japanese guys. <laughs> in exchange <laughs> it's an interesting point it's an interesting point because we do like where do we draw, draw the line between uh, appropriation and appreciation okay anyway let's get into the cons now um, saying no 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 concerns about cultural appropriation are valid and maybe this will help us pick through this minefield a little bit critics of cultural appropriation point out that it's often about context and respect using cultural elements in a way that disrespects their original meaning or significance, especially when done by those in a position of power, can be harmful and perpetuate stereotypes. Okay, think about, for example, um, there was a baseball team in in the US called the Redskins, and their mascot mascot was a Native American um, gentleman wearing a headdress and things. And there were no Native Americans on the team. That was seen, you know, as as disrespectful to that culture, especially given the power dynamics at play. Given that the country is more or less led by um, uh, by Caucasian um, uh, Caucasian people of America, of you know what we know as European American descent. Okay, let's continue. Historical and power dynamics. Concerns are rooted in historical context where dominant cultures have oppressed and exploited minority cultures, often commercializing and profiting from their cultural elements without understanding or respecting their significance. Hmm. Interesting. Because everyone thinks, I think, you know, I'm all about, you know, sharing culture. But what happened in Spain, Natch, when Jamie Oliver made a bad paella? <laughs> or what was it? Was it a paella or a tortilla española? Everyone freaked out. Everyone. That's not appropriately respecting my culture. It's a... Go on, paella, man. Chill out. Hmm. Interesting, right? Especially when you see examples of it that have happened in your lifetime. Okay, let's continue. Cultural erasure. When elements of a culture are adopted without acknowledgement or understanding of their origin, it can lead to a form of cultural erasure where the meaning of these cultural practices or symbols is lost or distorted. And finally, finally, in the con column, the argument against cultural appropriation is also based on ethical considerations. It emphasizes the need for people, particularly those from dominant cultures, to be mindful of their actions and potential impact on minority cultures. Mm. It's a tough one today. It's going to be an interesting debate. I did receive some messages online. We'll get to those later. Right now, how do you think people voted on Instagram, Natch? Mm, I think they said true. They did say true. By a little or by a lot? By a little. It was actually a lot. 80% true this morning when I checked. 80% true. Um, I, I see a lot of um, comments here in the chat. Let's get to a few of them. Vero says, false. Cultural appropriation is very real and harmful. It is also a complex issue, which is not always harmful to take elements from other cultures, or nor is it always considered appropriation. So it can be difficult to, to distinguish. Um, can we get a probe approved for Vero? Robo approved. Um, cultural exchange, merge, incorporation, replacement, change, and permutation is a part of the process of creating culture itself, says Pedro. He continues, for instance, Mexican culture is necessarily an appropriation of certain elements of indigenous culture by Spanish colonizers. It's a natural process, and trying to stop that is pointless. Um, uh, 
Yeah, I can read that, Pedro. Thank you. We may dislike Jay Oliver pa Jamie Oliver's paella recipe, but who can deny his right to do it? Mm. Interesting. Interesting. It's another one of these concepts that are bandied around as dangerous, harmful, and I think a lot of the lack of patience from one side of the argument and a lot of lack of understanding from the other creates conflict where it needn't be. How do we properly define where cultural appreciation stops and appropriation starts? Can we define it in, in a one-hour uh, radio program? Maybe not, but it is a very valid and interesting debate to have that's why you hear it only here on the Probo Show, friends. Okay, we have to go to a quick commercial break. I will post a poll in the chat and you will tell me. Concerns about cultural appropriation are misguided, true or false. You, my friends, in the audience, you're the decision makers. You can join them on twitch.tv forward slash barra professional bohemian. Friends, there are so many things you could have been doing this morning, an infinite number of things. But instead of doing those things, you took the time to spend some time with me and the Natch, and it means the world. See you soon. Hey guys, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash professional bohemian. There you'll find VODs of the episodes as they are recorded live, blogs, vlogs, and behind the scenes content. If you'd like to watch the show live, you can do so on twitch.tv forward slash professional bohemian. And you can participate in the polls we use in the show on Instagram at professional bohemian or Twitter at probo, P-R-O-B-O-H. Okay, on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Probo Show. How are you doing? It's currently 9 a.m. Central European time. Uh, welcome. Oh my God, what a show we've been having in the first part of today's show. Um, we we looked at a novelist, Rie Kudan, uh, a Japanese novelist who recently won a prestigious award for her novel, The Tokyo Tower of Sympathy, and later revealed that she actually used ChatGPT to write it. Interesting kind of um, inc interesting debate uh, to be had with regards to how appropriate that is you know i mean at what point at what point do you if you say well look you shouldn't use ai models um does that limit other technological helping hands like calculators spell check hmm i mean arguably you know arguably the um uh, the use of chat gpt goes a little more in depth than maybe a spell checker or a grammar checker. Hmm, I don't know. So it's, it's a minefield for me. I know I don't even have my own thoughts clear on this. All right, then we looked at Bill Gates. Uh, he thinks that the super wealthy should pay more tax. And guess what? There are a ton, 250 wealthy individuals who agree. And we agree too. If you guys could just pay a little tax, that would be marvelous. Thank you. <laughs> you know, even just some tax, I think would be awesome. Can someone send this memo to Shakira? <laughs> okay, the um, the poll is finished with regards to cultural appropriation. We'll get to that in a second. All right. And finally, the final piece of news for today was that a shocking um, amount, una cantidad impactante, a shocking amount of the web is already AI translated trash. Basura traducida por inteligencia. Artificial. Um, yeah, but this article covers how so much of the internet as it's consumed by people in um, low with low resource languages. That's meaning languages where AI has not been trained on enough data. A lot of the internet they consume is 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 information that has been translated from like Italian, uh, from English, Spanish. These languages with a lot more data to consume and that is leading to very poor results bringing the overall quality of the internet experience down for a lot of um, countries in this um, in this niche interesting stuff then we moved on to today's unpopular opinion that was with regards to cultural appropriation appropriation cultural I was le reading um, some more comments here. Pedro said, An another aspect of cultural appropriation is that often it is not the so-called owner of the appropriated culture who gets offended, but a specific group with a certain political bias. 
who is outraged. There's definitely some truth to that. I hate to sound like um like a you know like I spend my days watching Fox News, but there is some truth to that. Normally, <laughs> I consider myself. I don't know whether people would agree. I consider myself left of the political spectrum, um, liberal, left, leftist, whatever you want to say. You know, I certainly have a, a, a strong socialist bent to a lot of my ideas, whether that be right or wrong. I'm just telling you these are my these are my political leanings but not saying that I'm in possession of any greater truth. That's the whole idea of this show, right? That the truth is generally um, a shade of gray, not black, nor white. But even I, when I get criticized online, nine times out of ten, it's from my own political camp. Yeah, no? <laughs> you're, you're a fascist. <laughs> you're a bigot. I mean, come on. <laughs> really? Am I? Thanks. Thanks for the info. <laughs> yeah, uh, so there is some truth to that. Another aspect of cultural appropriation that is often not the owner, no el dueño del, de la cultura que está apropriado. Oh, Natch, that was 100% wrong. Just saying. I don't know if it was right or not, but it was 100% wrong. <laughs> but it's a certain um, group with a specific political bias that is outraged. Interesting. And interestingly, we could say that the same for the political right who take that Caucasian culture and when they see it replicated as a response to the other side of the aisle will get outraged as well. It's just a mess out there. It's just a mess. So let's um, let's dig in. Uh, another comment I received here from Pedro. Rob, I'm checking some pictures of the Alhambra Theatre in Bradford. It's true, we have an Alhambra Theatre in Bradford, Natch. Just the same as the one in Spain. Just as, exactly the same as the Alhambra in Spain, Natch. Except for more drug dealers. <laughs> and more alcoholics vomiting on the steps. No, it's not. It's a lot smaller. But yeah, I do have very fond memories of the Alhambra Theatre in uh, in Bradford. Um, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful building for Bradford. And um, I, I went to see plenty of pantomimes there when I was a kid. I don't think... Do you have pantomimes in, in Spain, Natch? It's it's um, pantomimes usually happen around Christmas. Then they tell classic stories like Aladdin, Sleeping Beauty, but usually they have B-list celebrities. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I think it's a very very British um, British phenomena, the pantomime. Anyway, let's continue. So I did receive some messages with regards to today's unpopular opinion. Uh, cult concerns about cultural appropriation are misguided. Las preocupaciones sobre la apropiación cultural están desencaminadas um tara first of all she says the idea of cultural appropriation is complex it's not just about borrowing elements it's the context and power dynamics involved we need to understand and respect origins and significance of these cultural elements i think that's um, pretty much agreeing with what um what vero said at the top of the show right i think the problem here is the no clear hard and fast rule snatch i don't know when like i don't know when i'm being culturally appropriate inappropriate culturally like the you you made a great example there like yoga i love to do yoga is that that's cultural appreciation i think we can all agree is yoga japanese i had no idea about that much oh well i'm not sure maybe i okay. offended a lot of people i don't know <laughs> Yeah. I thought it was like Indian kind of. Yeah, like, maybe it's, yeah. it has Indian origin. Yeah. So, so imagine it is Indian, all right? And you started doing yoga with a bindi, with the the little dot in your on your head, wearing traditional Indian garb as a white man. Would you then be taking it to a, an extreme? You know, possibly because maybe you don't understand the cultural context, or I don't know. I don't know where the lines are, friends. So if you're listening to the show, do drop me a line um, and let me know because this is a minefield, this thing. Uh, Leo here says, I get the concerns. Um, I feel like creativity should show no bounds. We are inspired by what's around us and that includes various cultures. It's about expression, not disrespect. That's true. Eh? I mean, look, should I not be allowed to say, dress, do whatever the hell I want? as long as I'm not hurting anyone. But does cultural appropriation hurt? I imagine it does, coming from a... You know, coming from a culture that has been kind of subjugated by another. Like, if I was Native American and I saw um, 
and I saw European Americans dressed in um, in what I would consider traditional Native American garb, would that offend me? I'm not sure. See, I, I'm I, I'm lost with this subject because, quite honestly, I have no kind of. I don't consider myself of a particular culture. I do consider myself European, you know. But, you know, I was raised in Britain. I was raised in a very Mediterranean way by my grandmother. My grandfather was Polish. I now live in Spain. So those kind of national cultural kind of ties don't kind of, or at least I feel like they don't apply so much to me. You know, if someone walked around, if a Spanish guy walked around wearing a bowler hat, <laughs> I, you know, it wouldn't bother me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <sighs> So it's hard. It's hard. It's a um, uh, it's a tough subject because I'm not from a subjugated culture that has to deal with those power dynamics. You know, I'm a European man in Europe. Um, uh, let's continue. Priya, uh, Priya, P R I Y A. She says, or he says, there's a fine line. Um, it's important to honor and understand the traditions behind what we borrow. Innovation doesn't mean disregarding the roots of something. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, Ethan, final comment for today, says, Sometimes it feels like we're making a big deal out of small things. I mean, sharing cultures can be positive. We just need to be sensible and not get worked up over every little thing. Hmm. I mean, Ethan, I, I assume... Um, I assume you're... With a name like Ethan, you're a, a man of either European or North American descent. Um, I wonder if you'd have the same attitude if you were Native American or something like that. And I wonder that of myself, not just of you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I see it's a difficult one today. It's a difficult one today. All right, so um, should we see what people said, Natch? What are your feelings on this right now? Now we've gone through the whole argument. We've seen a bunch of different perspectives. What are your final thoughts, Natch? I think when you do things with respect, there's no, there's there's no, no problem. problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very wise final thought. Well, I posted a poll on the chat, and I said, um, uh, concerns about cultural appropriation are misguided, and you guys said... 60% true. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm sure cultural appropriation, or someone's been accused of being um, appropriating cultural elements who have done it in good faith in the past, thinking, ah, oh, this is causing no harm, this is a good thing, this is honouring this culture. I'm sure that's happened. And the person with all intent wanted to act respectfully. I'm sure that's happened. I'm sure on the other side... Um, it's happened the other way as well, where people have appropriated culture in a way to kind of almost disrespect or or minimize minimize that culture. I'm sure that's happened too. He's the key one, Natch says, um, being 100%, you know, going into it respectfully. Well, that depends if your intentions are then respected, right? Going back to what Pedro said, it's not often the owners of that culture who get offended. It's... Um, you know, it's a group of people who are rally around those with a political bias. So how do we navigate this minefield? You know, I love hip hop music, you know. Am I appropriating or was was Eminem appropriating black culture by becoming a rapper? Was Elvis appropriating black culture by um, uh, by singing the blues? It's a minefield, folks. Who knows? Because those two artists are now recommended, um, are now recognised as two of the greatest selling um, uh, artists of all time, right? It's a minefield, and I'm I'm pretty sure in in whatever 45 minutes that we've been talking about this, there is no way we can come up with an answer. All I would say is that you know, I think it's important that um, culture is iterated upon, that it's borrowed from, you know, British culture borrows heavily from France, as you can see in a lot of our more Latin words, from um, Saxon culture, from um, Celtic cultures. It borrows heavily from those things. You know, Spanish culture probably has different roots from um, from the south 
um, uh, from the south, from the the southern borders to the French borders. I'm sure we exist in a melting pot of culture. And to nail it down to one specific thing, this is mine and that is yours right now, feels like a, a little bit naive given our cultural history. But you know what? You know what Grandpa Bo would say about that? He'd say, that's your opinion, Rob. And opinions, they're like buttholes. Everyone has one and they all stink, including mine. So there you go, friends. Um, I'd be interesting, uh, interested to receive some messages offline about this. Educate ourselves a little bit. Because um, it was a fascinating debate today. Let's move on to 100 Humans. Oh my God, friends. Here we are with 100 Humans. It was a long walk to work today across snow-capped mountains and through river valleys. And on that walk, I encountered... 100 humans and i asked them all a question today's question was name a country known for its beer Nom, uh, nombra un país que está conocido oh i don't know i've already screwed it up natch <laughs> uh, nombra un país conocido por su cerveza all right más, más o menos no all right thank you um, I also posted this on Instagram. Again, you can find me on Instagram at Professional Bohemian. And I would like to thank, wow, so many people today. You know, you post something about a political issue, like 50 people respond. Post something about beer, Natch. <laughs> My Instagram blew up yesterday. Let's see. So, who do I have to thank? Um, Carmen, Ravdos, Materio Oscura, uh, Resino Gemma. Ana Kassan, Coco, Nessa, Piladas Allfox, Vero, Juan Arreo, Fabian, um, Con, Contrares, Contreras, Pedro, uh, Beurbanos, Be Isa, Life G17, oh God, I can't read anymore, <laughs> FC Villa, B Lopez, and many, many more. Thank you. Thank you for the 95% of you that said one particular country <laughs> that is also in the chat right now. So, Natch, what country? is known for its beer. Germany. You say Germany. Vero agrees, as did 95, at least, percent of the people who wrote to me yesterday. But did those 100 humans agree, Natch? That's the question. Yes, they did. It's there. Well done, guys. Germany is there. 25 of the 100 humans, a quarter of the 100 humans said, yes, Germany is a country that's known for its beer, and it's in the number one position. Well done, guys. You're killing it. You're killing it right now. Okay, let's take um, uh, let's let's take a look at the chat. <laughs> uh, Born to Iron Man says the Czech Republic. It's a great answer. The Czech Republic is the Czech Republic there. I think some people on Instagram, no, no. Yeah, Materia Oscura on Instagram agrees with you. Czech Republic. Is it there? No, it's not. Oh. God, what do these hundred human know? I don't know if I've ever had a Czech beer. Do you know a, che a Czech beer, Natch? You're not much of a beer drinker, right? No, I, I like it, but... Mm. Yeah, so Czech Republic, great answer. Um, I think more than just the material score in the chat um, said Czech Republic, but it's a long chat. Man. Uh, let's see. Japan, says Vero. Japan. Japan. Is Japan there? No, it's not. Sorry. Oh, it's a good one. I have drank um, Japanese beer. It's delicious. You know, when you go for a... I can't remember the name of the beer now. Cobra, could it be? No, that's an Indian beer. Um, when you go for a, um, a sushi and you order a beer, give me a, a beer from Japan and they give you, and it's delicious, um, refreshing. Although I'm not much of a, um, I'm not much of a beer drinker myself either. Okay, where were we? So we had Japan. Did we go in the list? Is it there? No, it's not. All right, let's continue. Um, what else do we have in the chat? Belgium says born to iron man belgium is belgium there is martin f also said belgium and i think there was another one in the list as well that said belgium is belgium there 
Yes, it is. Well done. Gemma Racino, Racina, uh, Racino Gemma also on Instagram said Belgium. It is there. Well done. It's the sixth most popular answer with eight of 100 humans saying Czech Republic is known for its beer. Well done. Um, Denmark. Denmark's in the chat. Born to Iron Man, BTI. Is it there? No, it's not. Um, so far, you guys have identified correctly two: Germany and Czech, uh, Germany and um, uh, and uh, Belgium. Well done. All right, let's see. Um, where are we? Where are we? Denmark, Cambodia. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a Cambodian beer. Is Cambodia there? No, it's not. Eek, we're not doing very well, guys. Two more to get. Two more to get. Let's see. India, says Vero. It's not there. Sorry for Carlsberg, says BTI. All right. It's Carlsberg, Bel- um, uh, Czech. Oh, I did not know. All right. So, so far you've identified Germany and Belgium. Okay. One that's very surprisingly high on the list is a country more known for its um, whiskey. Woo! Could I give a better clue than that? Country more known for its whiskey. What am I talking about, Natch? Ireland. Ireland, well done. 19 of 100 humans said Ireland. Um, this country known for its bad beer. <laughs> this country known for its bad beer. Um, not, a, not a very nice beer. Not a very nice tasting beer. Weak. Usually known as quite weak. Natchi's looking confused. Go on, tell us. What do you Maybe think? Mexico. It's not Mexico. The USA. It's the USA. Well done, Natch. Um, all these answers are probably in this list here, but we're going to keep on going, Natch. This one, um, uh, USA's neighbors to the north. Canada. Canada. Well done. These people known for drinking their beer warm. The bridge says this in the chat. It's England. Well done. And the final answer, the seventh most popular answer with six of 100 humans, is a country, yeah, it is known for its, it is known for its beer and its consumption of beer. Um, uh, a country south of the equator, famous for kangaroos, and koalas. Where is it, Natch? Australia. Well done. And thank you to all you guys on Instagram who played along as well. I asked 100 humans to name a country known for its beer. In position number seven, we had Australia. Australia. Oh, Australia. No, in Spanish. All right. In position number six, we had Belgium. Belgica. I think, right? Okay. Tell me if my pronunciation's really bad. In position number five, England, Inglaterra. In position number four, Canada, Canada. In position number three, the USA, EEUU, Estados Unidos. In position number two, with 19 of 100 humans, we had Ireland, Irlanda. And finally, in position number one, we had Germany, Alemania. Well done, guys. No Mexico, no Mexico, sorry for Corona, said Peter. I, I know. The hundred humans, man. All right, let's very quickly go to Complete the News. Complete the News! We have to be very, very quick, guys. Here, all you have to write is A, B, or C. I'm going to give you a new story with some information left out. Let's go. Britain has seen an alarming rise in blank sales. Um, uh, Gran Bretagna ha visto un aumento alarmante en las ventas de blank. Is it A, weapons, armas? Is it B, verduras, vegetables? <laughs> alarming. Or is it C, poetry? Poesia, an alarming rise in poetry. Woo! Britain has seen an alarming rise in blank sales. Is it A, weapons, armas, B, vegetables, verduras, or C, 
poesia, poetry. A, B, or C. <laughs> An alarming rise. Un aumento alarmante. What do you think, Natch? C. I think C, poetry. <laughs> An alarming rise in poetry. Whenever I see a poetry book, I find it quite alarming, Natch. I'm going to be honest with you. The chat are completely divided here. The chat are completely divided. I have an equal number of votes for A, B, and C. Gemma's saying, I agree. I'm, I'm with the Natch. When in doubt, let the Natch be our North Star. That's, the, that's what I'm reading here. All right, well, let's give it to, let's give it to Natch. You, you, we'll see all you guys agree. So C. Britain has seen an alarming rise in... The sale of C, well done. It is, in fact, poetry. <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah. Coming from theeconomist.com. So it's not just the random paper. The Economist says, Britain has seen an alarming rise in poetry sales. The article from The Economist discusses the recent surge in poetry sales in Britain, largely attributed to the popularity of Instagram poets like Donna Ashworth. Ashworth, known for her relatable and inspirational content, has contributed to the highest poetry sales in Britain since records began. Although the overall numbers remain relatively low, the rise in sales is linked to the accessibility and marketing of poetry through social media platforms, where poets like Ashworth have amassed significant followings. These poets have often often sell not just books, but also related merchandise. Have you ever bought a book of poetry, Natch? No, never. I have, weirdly enough. I've actually bought two. Britain's favourite poems. <laughs> no, that's not true. More than two. More than two. But I'm not a big fan of poetry, I'm going to be honest with you. And it's like the, the literary genre that completely misses me. And poetry is probably as close as you can get in words to what I do with paint on a canvas. Do you like poetry, though? Mm, a little bit, not not a big fan. Okay. All right. Well, look, guys, we have to um, we have to take off and let the next program come in after us. Let me tell you something, friends. It's been an absolute honor. We'll be with you all week at this time, live, eight thirty a.m. to nine thirty a.m. Central European time. Guys, so many things you could have been doing this morning, but instead of doing those things, you took the time to spend some time with me and the Natch, and it means the absolute world. See you soon.